Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sheikh Mohsin. Sheikh Ibrahim wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome onto the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. And if this is your first time on the Millionaire Muslim Podcast, then welcome. We are Mohsin, who is from Bolton. Interesting fact about Mohsin is that when we were at university, he did all the cooking. Oh yeah, hell yeah. And then I did all the cleaning. Fantastic. And... Um, Go on, you can go for an interesting fact about me. Okay. Um, this is Ibrahim. Well, not this. The man sitting next to me is Ibrahim. And an interesting fact about Ibrahim is that... I've put you on the spot now, haven't I? Yes. I'm quite, I'm quite shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's so many interesting facts that they're all, like, crowding you out. They're all, like, mushed into one <laughs> big university experience. <laughs> Um, You're trying to censor it, aren't you? Yeah, there's, no, there's nothing I can put out on a, on a public podcast, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, it was uh, in my university days. All right, something clean I can put out there is that um, Ibrahim used to... He came up with this novel indoor cricket game. Oh, yeah. And uh, many a plate were broken and many a wall were smashed. Oh, that was fantastic, that game. Yeah, it was. So we had, like, this... L-shaped room there was a kitchen and I was sharing with this other guy who wasn't Muslim mm. really good friend of mine and um, <laughs> him and his girlfriend would come into the kitchen and cook <laughs> <laughs> and just be seen well they'd, they'd just see a bunch of Asian guys surrounding one yeah person. like imagine if you're like if you're into cricket like imagine you know when it's near the end of the chess match and it's tight and everyone's surrounding the bat and man the bowler's going for like a hat trick or something yeah and that's literally the kind of uh situation it used to be because everyone was playing one out one bounce so everyone would actually be looking for a catch and then this one time a friend of mine called uh salman he basically uh whilst uh my other friend uh tommy was in the kitchen and uh, him, him and his wife, uh, not his wife, his girlfriend, had, um, sometimes they'd, they'd like, kind of hug um, or whatever. <laughs> and then Salman, he he pulled off this incredible... And Salman, he, he was an incredible batsman because it, there was a rule that you're not too aggressive. If you're too aggressive, you're out. <laughs> and he literally only had one shot, which was, like, this golf swing. So he would just tee off and he teed off this one time straight into the small of the back <laughs> of, of um, Tommy's girlfriend Fantastic. as they were hugging um, and so I'm guessing she wasn't best too pleased about that I don't know I think uh, you'll Salman, very shortly after Salman was loving it because he was like that was a fantastic was like, he, he rarely actually hit those kind of shots so he was like loving it but um, so yes back to the uh, back to the topic what is the topic so the topic is uh, talking about hard work and having a vision and having a purpose to your life and your career. Yeah. And it's, it sounds really, how can I say this, quite banal to be talking about hard work, almost a bit patronising. Yeah. But the like reason, a politician. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the big society. Um but the reason we're doing this is because we're in a position where we get to talk to a lot of people, frankly, um, whether they're kind of in professional careers or whether they're just starting up in their own business or, you know, they're all at different points in their lives. Yeah. But what we're 
both really noticing separately we've come to this conclusion is that a lot of people are just not working hard enough yeah or at least not working smart enough so we want to try and maybe share a bit of not that we're shining examples but we want to try and share a bit of our purpose and the way we approach things and also try and give some practical tips for people that are looking for them yeah so what do you think is the number one problem ibrahim that faces people that we see um who sort of come to us for advice and stuff number one problem is that there is absolutely no uh well i say absolutely i mean that there's little vision and little overarching <clears throat> purpose to what yeah. you're trying to do mm. and what i mean by that is that you're you're in a profession usually and you're you're just kind of meandering along and the metrics to your success are either money or happiness or family time or any of any other random metric but it's not what the real metric should be yeah. which is um you know what kim kardashian thinks of you <laughs> no is it the real metric should be what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from you right that's what yeah. what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he demands from you that is a real metric and and people don't really think about that strategically they they think about that in a like a really vague sense like oh you know i work as a uh, i don't know like a pharmacist and uh, and I, I earn a good money bro and and i give it to my family and yeah i spend time with I, them i spend time with my family yeah i don't i don't want to be one of those people that spends all the time away and this that and the other and that's fine but but that's just that sounds really ordinary mm. and i'm not saying that in a judgmental way i'm you can be a pharmacist earn a good living spend time with your family but there has to be more right mm. you unless you are you're saying that you, you as an individual that you have hit your capacity and your the peak of your ability to give to the muslim community and to, and to the wider community mm. by just doing that Yeah. I, and and I don't think that is at all the case. I mean we we have one life to live guys. Uh we have to try and rinse it for as much as we possibly can because on the day of judgment Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in the Quran that the the um the non-Muslims in particular they will say that uh you know can we go back well Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala and we will be different this time. We will you know just give us a little bit of respite. We'll sort ourselves out. and and everyone will be like that because they want to go back and do good deeds mm. but you know in this world we actually have a chance right now this mm. is the moment when we have the ability to make a change and if you're just chilling yeah right then that's not good enough what about people that say that you know in my in my professional capacity i might be chilling you know I'd come home 5 p.m. Uh, i earn decent money i spend really good quality time with my wife and kids and the spare time that i've got yeah i'm in the masjid doing what just like stirring up stuff between people <laughs> <laughs> no just like you know i go to salah i do my adhkar i just yeah. i just you know sit and reflect yeah on all that good stuff what do you say about that Shit. well i'm suspicious about the sitting and reflecting thing in the masjid <laughs> Okay. especially if you're sitting and reflecting with your friends um, <laughs> as as we're prone to do at times but um but no I, i think i think there is definitely a place for that i mean i'm not saying at all by the way that the real metric for success is that you have to be a go getter and absolutely smash it and you know set up uh 
another Uber, like a Muslim Uber or something. Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, we don't. You don't have to be that, but you. Um, but you should be the camel of Wall Street. That'd be interesting. One. <laughs> um, but no, what I'm saying is you can have something outside of your work, nothing wealth or income generation related. That is you giving your giving back to your community. Like let's say you're spending time in the masjid, right? That's fine, but that's ordinary. Why don't you add value to that masjid? If you're spending so much time there, you know all of the problems that that masjid faces. You know all the problems that community faces. Mm. You know the people who aren't coming to that masjid. Yeah. And that's younger kids or that's youth or that's teenagers. Um, Non-Muslims are not coming to the masjid, right? Yeah. There's all these people that you could be helping because you know about the you know the sore points in your community. So get on with it, right? I'm sure there's one at least one problem you can address. And that's the kind of spirit that we want to see in you know the younger generation coming through. And I suppose one way to think about all this, and we've thought long and hard about this as well. One way to think about what what is it that I can do is to think, what is it that I could do that if I were not to do, nobody else would do. If that makes sense. So yeah. if you're yeah, yeah, yeah. to use your example, if you're in the masjid and you know that um, the toilets never get cleaned. Yeah, could be as simple as cleaning the toilets. Yeah, or it could be as wide a problem as you mentioned. Of you know, we never get non-Muslims to the door. Let's, yeah, let me start some sort of campaign because no one else is going to do it. Yeah, um, we're on a very different mission. Yeah, um, which is obviously Islamic finance guru and things like this podcast. Yeah, because the whole reason we set this up was because nobody else was doing it. Yeah, so that's maybe a good way for for the audience to start thinking about what it is. What is it in their lives? and in their spheres that they can influence. Agreed, agreed. And, and that's kind of brings us quite nicely on to uh, discussing, you know, what you, your overall purpose should be. And Mohsin and I have, uh, we've, we've got a YouTube uh, video on this in uh, Zakaria Masjid in Bolton, yeah. where it's been filmed using the CCTV camera as it later turned out so we do look slightly like criminals uh, but <laughs> not the uh, not quite the DSLR yeah but uh, but we have, we have a better quality I mean that that Mohsin you weren't at but we have a better quality version at uh, yeah. LSE yeah. London School of Economics they've put out um, some stuff uh, and actually we've got it on our YouTube as well so you can check that out and that's career present uh, a presentation on career planning and how you approach it from an Islamic perspective, and, and I think it's really useful. I would say that because I deliver it, yeah. but but that's a feedback I've had, and and I think it's really important, especially students, but but actually throughout life, I most I'm I would bet the majority of Muslim uh, Muslims who are working, who are professionals, have not thought about their career from an Islamic perspective. Yeah, or or they think about it in a kind of reverse engineered way, so they they'll start the job. And then they'll be like, oh, yeah, Allah would be pleased with this because yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. But that's not really sincere. So whistle-stop tour is start with what the end end is in mind. You want to go to Jannah. You want to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How are you going to do that? Well, you're going to do that by fulfilling Allah, the rights of God, and ibad, the rights of the servants. And if you fulfill both of those, you will have smashed it, my son. And your career should arise out of doing this you're not going to make a career out of being a professional salah maker uh, that would actually be an interesting career if you think about it a professional what? salah doer oh right so like, that's what you do like an imam <laughs> <laughs> no I mean like 
someone who's like you know like a professional gamer oh like a poker player yeah so like every like loads of amateurs will pray right yeah five times a day yeah, yeah, yeah. but our man is like professional yeah like his he's got his technique on on lock his khushur his is like next yeah. level yeah really interesting isn't it my uh so we're sitting right in my um living room and i think there's like a bird <laughs> that's that's somehow managed to make its way into the chimney right to the bottom and it's and essentially bird noises are coming out of our <laughs> my, our um fireplace fantastic allahu akbar it's from the glories of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um where were we completely forgotten my uh um, oh yeah thinking thinking big and uh and planning your career so you want to go to jannah you have to fulfill them your career will generally speaking arise out of the rights of the servants how are you going to help people and um you need to have a think you know what do people actually need in this world right now today what are the needs that they have um you know can if i was to solve this big knotty problem i would have helped a hell of a lot of people right if i was to uh solve the problem of passporting in uh you know the brexit discussion yeah you know we'd absolutely smash it yeah, yeah. or or the other knotty conundrum how do i transport money um from pakistan after having sell, sold some land <laughs> to the uk without having to pay tax or well without... whilst paying the amount of tax that you owe in the most efficient manner possible yeah i think is what, as a, i think is what you meant spoken as a true tax tax uh lawyer um so sorry right, so you need to you need to work out what what there there is a need for so you need to work out three things what is there a need for what are you good at and then what do you enjoy so you might be good at something that you don't necessarily enjoy um i i think i'm good at cleaning the bathroom I, i mean i i like to think so yeah but rarely do i do it without being prompted that's because i don't really enjoy it Yeah. And so I think there's like a confluence of all three things. Yeah, that's right. And where there's a confluence of those three things, you have identified your um you know your purpose. Mm. Right? So for us it's a case of um we want to inspire uh, we think there's a problem. There's lots of problems in the Muslim community like discrimination, um hate crime, uh, lack of education, overrepresentation of Muslims in prison um we uh underrepresentation of muslims at the highest echelons of business and the media and politics and uh, practicing muslims as well and how do we deal with all of that well the way we think we deal with that is by raising the muslim gdp across the board like half of muslims live in the 10% poorest constituencies if we can sort that out if we can raise the gdp by just a few percentage points we have materially addressed a number of those issues and so for us that's the that's a problem right and we've obviously you know that sounds quite slick but that's because we've really thought about it mm. and and the way that we've thought about addressing it is given our backgrounds we're both lawyers we have um some islamic finance uh background and we have islamic finance guru the website which brings us investors entrepreneurs and um you know the good and the bad of the world uh come to us and given th- those are, are our resources that's the problem that we've identified and what we're good at is we're good at 
matching up people, uh, we're good at introducing people, we're good at generally, um, I mean, we obviously bring our legal background to it, so I'm a funds lawyer, um, more since going into corporate. Um, taking all of that together, what we want to inshallah end up doing is some sort of vehicle where we can help the Muslim community really push their entrepreneurship mm. forward and start lots of businesses, but also not just start them, but really grow existing businesses so that they get to the level where we see our workplace, um, the big blue chip clients that we see. And also what we what we do is, because most people are, especially listening to this podcast, are kind of, you know, they're like us, they're professional, and Muslims lack investment resources, don't they? And we try and raise the awareness of those vehicles on our website. We talk about, you know, SIPs and ISAs and all that stuff. Yeah. People... Wahid Invest. Yeah, people like that. Um, where they don't actually... A lot, a lot of the Muslim population don't actually understand the options available to them. Yeah. So we try and shed some light on that where we can. And that that ultimately is what gives us what we think is the kind of full circle on achieving that wider goal that Ibrahim mentioned. Agreed, agreed. So that whole purpose piece is one one element of this podcast. Um, so it's important that you guys really sit down and think sincerely about your your purpose. And like Ibrahim said, it doesn't need to be related to wealth or income creation or whatever. It, it sh- I think the question for you guys is, you know, what can I do to materially add value? What have I got in my skill set or my experience? What do people say I'm really good at? What have I had a really positive experience in, even if I only dabbled in it? And really just go for it. And the second element of this podcast, which is what I really want to kind of focus on, actually, is once you've identified that thing, and even perhaps in order to identify that thing, what you really need to do is just work hard. And there's no substitute, as every old older person will tell you. And we had this advice when we were younger, and we still get this advice, and we try to live by it, is that there is no substitute for hard work. And what me and Ibrahim are increasingly seeing um, from the various people that we come across is that people think they're working hard, but they're not. And everyone's capacity is, of course, different. But as Ibrahim said, you get one shot at this life and it's not good enough to say, you know, I I need eight hours sleep at night or whatever it is, in my opinion. That sounds really aggressive, but I think that we need to hold ourselves up to some sort of standard that is beyond the norm. Yeah. We have to be extraordinary in my opinion agreed as a especially as a minority uh, here in the uk and unless you're listening from a muslim majority country but certainly in the uk we're a minority in the us we're a minority um in india we're a minority in india we're a minority um and, and india has its own very specific problems and we need to think long and hard about what we're doing with our time because time is what we are accountable for and you know as i said before not that we're holding ourselves up as some sort of shining standard but you know we're here right now at about 7 a.m recording a podcast um off the back of another podcast and that's just that's just a snippet into 
the kind of sacrifices that we do have to make yeah. because we've now got ourselves to, into a position where we have an audience, alhamdulillah, and we can't just neglect our duties. And what you're going to find as you go through this journey of, you know, fulfilling your purpose and your wider vision is that it is going to necessitate some really hard work. Yeah. And you hear all the time about these really inspirational figures. And one thing they come back to time and time and time again is just this element of hard work and, you know, even failing for quite a while, but just keeping at it with resilience. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed completely. And um, the I suppose the other thing to to add to this is that whatever you think is hard work, you can you can do more. You can hundred percent always do more. Like I'll give you an example. Um, in the corporate world, it gets really really busy at times. So recently, it has been absolutely manic. So you will be finishing from work at two or three a.m. Uh, and that's you know you finishing, getting home, and going to bed like three a.m sometimes and then the busier times you will actually be literally up again at eight uh, you'll be in in the office by eight eight thirty nine a.m again that's you know pretty brutal but you know what those are the times that i get to work the most on islamic finance guru and other things as well because any dead time that i have and there's always dead time throughout you know your your day there is dead time any time that you have you know, during the commute, uh, during work, there might be some periods. After work, there'll be periods. Make use of it, right? Fill it up. And, and we launched. We launched that the Shuri screening course whilst I was going through this kind of phase yeah. of um, you know getting absolutely uh, <laughs> dominated at work. Yeah. And uh, and we did it. Uh, and I think you had equally busy periods in your corporate seat yeah and you know we just you just carry on you and, you just, and you just get it done and <coughs> and it's and that's really important for 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 two reasons one is that it's you know it, you're getting the most out of your life but the second is because you're actually giving a purpose to your career anyway mm. i mean the reason why i do what i do is because of islamic finance guru yeah. right i'm not I'm not a funds lawyer because I think that that is the end in itself. Or I think that you know everyone should be a funds lawyer because it's such a amazing thing that such a charitable know, deed. Yeah, it's a charitable deed to do. Um, that it's it's part of my narrative, right? And and that's why uh, you have to do the Islamic finance guru stuff, which is you know you actually heading towards that uh, narrative um, in order to justify what you're doing. And what you find is that when you've got that purpose, it puts everything else into perspective as well, and it gives that those other things that you might otherwise have found quite banal and boring and frankly depressing. Yeah. Um, some purpose. So, you know, if you were a funds lawyer finishing at two, three a.m. every day, yeah, everything without anything else. I mean, some people are all right with it. Yeah. They'll do it for one, two, maybe five, maybe ten years. Yeah. But they they do come to a point where they're like, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. It doesn't matter how much money you're on. I've got all the money in the world, but what's the what's the point? <clears throat> exactly. And that's what we're getting at, guys. What's the point? What's the point of our existence on this planet? What we what we're doing about it? You have to have, and you have to have a purpose where you're helping people, and where it's bigger than you. It has to be bigger than you and just really think big 
honestly just think big because and you don't have to take anyone's permission for that right you what is different between what's the difference between you and bloody richard branson right is the only the only thing is that a he's a white man b he went to private school c he's incredibly rich no the only difference really <laughs> is that he had a vision and he was willing to just go for it right yeah and that, and that's actually that's a really important point on on that like they're going for it I, mean, yeah. I know you just said go for it yeah just think right i want to start this business what's the first step that i can take uh, or i want to start this project what's the very first thing i can do yeah just do it right there's always that quote that comes up every few months you've probably seen it on like linkedin or whatever where richard branson says you know if, if someone gives you an opportunity first just say yes and then figure out how to do it and it pops up every now and again to the extent that it's become a bit kind of overused now but it's become overused for a reason it's because it's bloody good advice yeah um and people are in our experience just so worried about starting and perfection they want perfection and i'm um i'm a victim of this as well sometimes to be honest it's all about procrastination because you know you can argue about the psychology behind it but maybe wanting perfection is one element of it but there is no better thing that you can do than literally just to start and you know maybe get some obviously some good advice beforehand so that you're working as smartly as well as as hardly as possible um but you literally just need to start yeah and and then after that the the most beloved of actions the most beloved of actions allah subhanahu wa says like out of all of the actions the most beloved are the ones that are consistent even if they're little yeah even if they're little because uh the pyramids weren't built in a day were they not no i don't think they were subhanallah neither was uh this house <laughs> um or what else wasn't built in a day rome wasn't built in a day oh contrary to uh, my view is it yeah. uh, um what else wasn't built in a day Ilford Lane Islamic Finance Guru Ilf- IslamicFinanceGuru.com wasn't built in a day no um, that's not a bad case study actually because like any website when we launched we launched into <laughs> an empty forest if you like you what know, do you mean? When, when, what I mean is when, when when you launch a website nobody tells you about the bit straight after you hit like send or publish or oh yeah it's like okay I've done this what what now? What now? Do I just like wait for the 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 fans to follow? Do I wait for like people with Islamic finance guru T shirts to come parading <laughs> up and down the street or something? Not necessarily what we got or or expected <laughs> to be fair. Um, but um, if you do want an Islamic finance guru T shirt, <laughs> let us know. We we don't. Yeah, let us know. We we don't have any, but um, maybe we'll maybe we'll source some from from China. Yeah. So in a past life, I used to run designmolvi.com, um, which is a T shirt company. Amongst others, yes, and um, yeah, we could we could sort you out some t-shirts. We could sort some t-shirts out. Um, so, the point that I'm making, and the point that I think Ibrahim is making, is that when you get to the, if you know, let's say for example, your your thing, your big vision is to launch some sort of website. Um, yes, you can do all the hard bit beforehand and get the website up and running, but after that, it's the small, consistent actions that get you to where you want to be. So we have now been running IFG for like the best part of four years now. 
And maybe it's only now, really, that I'm starting to see some kind of wider recognition in some wider circles. Yeah. Where, you know, people actually get it when this when I say um, co-founder of IslamicFinanceGuru.com. Like, oh, yeah, IslamicFinanceGuru.com. They actually know what we're talking about. Yeah, the people that make um, bog rolls. <laughs> what? No, no. That's, not... <laughs> that's somebody else entirely. Um but the point is that, yeah, you, you need to then go hard at it and just do it consistently. And if the best way for you to do that is to find someone like-minded uh, to partner up with who will hold you to account and contribute and, and stuff like that, because it's always harder to do it alone, then do that. You know, find find your partner, discuss your vision and stuff with them, have a really good intention and have sincerity and you know make dua to Allah regularly that he gives barakah in whatever your uh venture or your project is and if you have all of those ingredients and you are willing to just work hard then you should do it right and what i think we should do is maybe give our audience like maybe three or possibly more yeah um tips that we've learned that people can implement in order to kind of get the ball rolling on everything that we've discussed so the first thing that i would probably say is um do that whole thing of the of the vision thing. Yeah. Um, so implement what Ibrahim said earlier, which is think about your wider purpose, which is gender, and then think about how do I get there, you know, and, and you do them by thinking about what you're good at, uh, what's going to contribute to society, what can I give that's real value um, that nobody else is going to give. Second ingredient? Work. Uh, actually, work hard would be one of them. I think get started. Yeah. Get started is next. And then probably work hard after that. Yeah. And, um, but then on, on, I thought one, one other thing I wanted to add here is failure because I think people are scared of failure. Yeah. And they're, especially in our day and age, it's, it's very common to just have this, uh, portrayal of you as a successful person. Yeah. And, and, and that's all it's all about. But let me share with you like a big failure that I had. And and I think there's lots of lessons to be learned here. And th- the failure was, you know, I during my training contract, I thought, okay, so there's two ways I want to tackle discrimination here. One is either go down the funds route and, you know, help Muslim entrepreneurs. Or the other one is to become a barrister, right? And becoming a barrister is, you know, bloody hard. You need to have ideally a first class from Oxford or Cambridge or um, yeah and, and, a, and a master's ideally in a really competitive uh, master's program like the BCL or to clarify this is being a barrister at like a top set yeah yeah, not yeah. Just... so this is yeah so you, you, otherwise it's it's considerably easier so during my training contract when people are like generally speaking uh, just normally focusing on their own training contract and trying to secure a job I, um, the week after Suleiman was born, uh, I had an interview with the, the set that basically pays the most money, um, in, in London. And I got down to the final five, um, of that, I think, yeah, the final five. And, you know, that was me completely out of my comfort zone. I mean, throughout that whole process, I had a number of interviews I got through to a few final rounds with people like Atkin, Chambers, uh, Blackstone Chambers. I didn't get through the final round, but I got interview uh, Keating, I interviewed at, um, um, 
I think there was another uh, outer temple chamber. There's a few really good chambers that I had a chance of interviewing at um, and some, some chambers second rounds as well. And I got very, very close. And I think, you know, if I ever tried again, inshallah, I would learn from that and perhaps succeed. But I knew from the start that this was me operating, and this is the, the key lesson why I'm sharing this. This was me operating at my absolute limit because I'm not a genius, right? And I know that, and I know my own limitations. And I know that there's people at the bar who are geniuses, who are certainly much cleverer than I am, much better at debating, much better at speaking, much better at law, frankly. And and, and that's not necessarily what I'm, you know, I'm not their equal at those things. But I knew that I had a purpose, and I was doing it to try and tackle discrimination. So, I did my absolute best and and you might think that's weird like you know even as a you know quote-unquote successful Oxford graduate um, you have these insecurities but I mean yeah there was insecurities but also frankly there was a, a real pragmatism that I knew that I had a ceiling yeah. and I was pushing at that ceiling at that point I felt and and I failed right ultimately I didn't get anywhere and I know it's really hard and you're supposed to apply a few times etc etc but I failed right and and I think the, the lesson to be learnt there was, at the end of it, I felt really happy because I knew that I had pulled out all the stops. Like, you know, when a baby is born, the week after, you're slaving away, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, on basically no sleep, preparing yeah. for interviews. Working on some um, draft submission. Yeah, and like all of the interviews were roughly at the same time. Mm. So that was you know, the hardest, one of the hardest times of my career. And also you're holding down a full-time city job. Mm. Uh, let's not forget that. And and yet, at the end of it, I felt that is the, you know, really, I felt really at peace with myself mm. because I've tried now, I've tried my best. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said that I have better plans for you yeah. because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he plans the best. Exactly. And then you do something else. But if you have never tried, right, if you have always said, oh, I want to do something, and you've never even tried, mm. then um, you know you'll only have yourself to blame yeah. afterwards. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to just share my well. While we're in the spirit of sharing failure stories, <laughs> <laughs> I'll share one as well because it was around a similar time actually. My my um, youngest son, sorry, not my youngest, my oldest son, um, had just been born, and normally when kids are born, you get paternity leave. Oh yeah. And this was at the time that, um, so for those of you who don't know, when I left university, I started teaching briefly, um, but then realised that uh, uh, teaching wasn't for me. Kind of went into law as a paralegal, but not in the type of law that I wanted to do long term. Um, and so I was applying to these big firms, trying to get a training contract. And I ended up getting uh, a vacation scheme with a firm that I wanted to join. And a vacation scheme is essentially a two-week placement. And at the end of it, if they like you, they give you a training contract offer. And so this um, vacation scheme happened to coincide with my paternity leave. Um, so my... Well, sorry, it didn't coincide with my paternity leave. It coincided with the fact that I could take off two weeks um, for paternity and I would have to use it for this vacation scheme because I couldn't take two weeks because I was in full-time work. At uh, yeah, yeah, so I, I couldn't just take two weeks off. So I took paternity leave, not to spend time with my son, but to actually go on this vacation scheme. Oh, I know all about that. 
so did this vacation scheme um alhamdulillah i thought i thought it went really really well i was like you know by the time we got to the kind of like exit interview thing with hr at the end i was walking in there literally as though like i was talking to my future employers Allah. um and then i get the phone aldi. call aldi yeah aldi <laughs> um and I get a phone call a few days later, and I'm just expect I'm literally genuinely expecting her to say, you know, congratulations. And imagine how low my heart fell when she was like, "Oh, unfortunately, we've uh, you know we've decided not to offer you the training contract," because it was just a complete shock to me. Bloody racist. Um, yeah, well, you know, um, complete shock to me, and probably some arrogance on my part actually. Yeah. Um, uh, but like you said, Ibrahim, you know, it's it's one of those where you've just got to accept at that point that Allah has got something different and better planned for you. Yeah. And now, interestingly, that very firm um, who rejected me, like, have kind of, like, informally through, like, chats with... Because, like, I know some of the partners kind of informally through various networks informally have kind of said, you know, you should come over to us. And it's interesting how these things come scumbaggery full circle at some point. It's true. Um, well, we should wrap up, but one other thing I wanted to chuck in was, I mean, these things take years, by the way, and in the famous words of that, um, you know, racist, Rudyard Kipling, you need to be able to just uh, risk it all in one turn of pitch and toss. And if it goes wrong, then you must not breathe a word about it. And... Uh, and just get on and stoop down and build it all up again. Yeah. So, you know, this this barrister stuff, the year before that, you have to do all these VAC schemes, right? So the every, pretty much half to all of my vacation time yeah. that you get from an incredibly busy job was spent working, doing more work <laughs> and, and, and getting grilled by bloody barristers. Yeah. And then the year after... I would be ducking and diving to get out to go to interviews during the <laughs> middle of my day whilst getting shouted at by, you know, whoever. Yeah. And um, and then getting grilled by barristers. Like, it was six months, not six months, maybe, yeah, four, four, four to six months of, of, of this process where you're essentially um, willingly going in and getting grilled yeah. by those who are the best in the business at grilling people yeah. and, um, you know, just picking holes in, in whatever you're saying. But having said all of this, you know, we wouldn't change a thing because these are the things that make um, lives and they make careers and they are amazing experiences um, to go through. And we really, really, really recommend that you think long and hard about what your concept of hard work is, not in a patronising way, but really in a way to challenge yourself. And we say this to ourselves as well. Agreed. Um, because... You know, we planned to wake up at five a.m. today and crack on with work, and we ended up doing it at six, which isn't <laughs> which isn't a good thing. Um, so you know, we all have these challenges continually, and it's just about finding your your mojo and really just getting down yeah. to business. Just setting a really high standard. No one's going to set that high standard for you. <clears throat> no. You're the person who's going to set that high standard. Just demand excellence. Like, you sh you know, Theresa May, why is she... I know she sleeps five hours a day, apparently, right? And she works really hard. And she's where she is at the moment. Why can't we do that? I sleep Muslim. five hours a day. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to sleep five hours a day, <laughs> but uh, I end up normally... Um, I think it's like between five and seven. Yeah, it's just with, with kids and with, uh, you know, wife and 
then you've got various yeah. things that you've got going on. Uh, if you're a student, if you're single, honestly, there Make is no the most of it. there is no excuse. Make the most of it. You need to. Like, if you're sleeping eight nine hours, get out of that. What are you doing, honestly? I mean, there is kind of like scientific wisdom in that, but to hell with it. Yeah, <laughs> we don't believe in science. <laughs> we are Muslims. <laughs> For, cl- uh, for clarity, that was a joke. Yeah, that was uh, a joke. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, we should wrap up. And um, Sorry about the rant. Um, and yeah, if, and if you guys have any queries, questions, thoughts, um, or just want to generally hurl abuse at us. Yeah, um, please do hurl abuse at us. Yeah, we don't, I don't think we get an, enough abuse. We don't do it. I feel like when you get abuse, that's when you've made it. Yeah, we because, don't get enough abuse at that. Yeah. Yet. So, yeah, if you, um, I don't know, if you live in Bradford, then get in touch with us why Bradford I don't know because I just thought I'd make it specific isn't it? <laughs> so if, if you live in the Girlington area of Bradford where I used to live as a kid for about a year really uh, then yeah get in touch subhanallah and um oh, also um, you should if you're on iTunes then you should leave us a review don't just like give us a five star rating do that obviously that's useful or give us whatever rating you think is honest that's true that's true five stars um, and uh, and do leave us a re- review as well because that, honestly that's really helpful for us and it will uh, allow us to just continue with this podcast and develop this kind of content and um, it'll, let us, sh- it'll let us compete with like what's what's the biggest podcast in the world oh I don't know the BBC is it I don't nah, know sure. we're gunning for the BBC nah BBC's small fry all right, all right, we are... Serial podcast, have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. That's the most downloaded podcast ever. Maybe we should do, like, a crime one. Yeah. On uh, Bernie Madoff. Actually, he, he didn't do that. He, he didn't make off with everyone's money. <laughs> <laughs> he's now a Muslim with a dopey on in, uh, in a prison in America where he's... Uh, Bajara, he's, um, he's been done. He's been done over by people who hate Islamic finance. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're cutting for you, Serial. Assalamu alaikum.